0: Welcome to Q&A Selling Online. With answers to questions about creating an online empire, promoting products, or building a brand. Your host, private label and e-commerce entrepreneur, Quinn Amorm.
1: Welcome everyone. Today, we have a guest who's a Amazon SEO consultant. He's the founder of an organic SEO and Amazon marketing agency based in the UK specializing in ranking products within Amazon and Google in some of the most difficult niches in the world. We have Tom Buckland. How's it going, Tom? Hey, not bad, thanks. How you doing? Very good. So uh, let everybody know who you are and who's Tom Buckland. Sure. So
0: guess I'm an SEO consultant turned agency owner. Um originally started out doing freelance SEO consulting for Google um, and as the business grew we branched out, hired employees and now we do a lot of sort of higher level agency work for some medium to larger size business. Primarily organic marketing through Google and Amazon. So our Amazon division is based off of the Amazon SEO consultant site and mm-hmm. um, that's where the majority of our leads come through from. And then we just do a lot of testing and talking with different people and just try and give some really good information on the site as well. Some content, you know, how to generate better reviews, rank, obviously. Um, and then just how to build an Amazon business. That's like the main side of that division. And then we have a link building division and a technical SEO division in-house as well. Nice, nice.
1: So how did you get
0: into Amazon? Amazon was a bit of a different one. Um, I, I think, like most people, you just run into like an ad, maybe, or I think I probably ran into a Jungle Scout piece of content or something like that, and then you just start researching and it all seems too good to be true, and then you try and launch something and you fail, and then you kind of work out that it's not as easy as it seems, and then you just go search hole and you start learning about what actually works, and a lot of the people who are quieter are usually... The ones that know what they're doing a little bit more um so we picked up some really good information and we just started testing that was probably the biggest thing i'd say a lot of people just blindly follow what a lot of guru style people say uh, yeah. and then at least you get an answer either way and you haven't lost thousands you might have lost uh, you know a few dozen units in giveaways or whatever but at least you haven't put yourself in a hole um yeah that, that was the main Things sort of thing when start, things started to turn. Um, And then we added the Amazon marketing division to the agency as well, based on all these sort of case studies and tests that we found. And then people seemed to like the results, so it was all good.
1: So you're still still a seller today. You do, you support other sellers and you also sell yourself, right?
0: Yeah, so we go down the more, um, do a lot more acquisition now. So we try and have, um, essentially take the hard part out so we're not we're rubbish at product development and branding and all of that so we only do the marketing side of it so if we can find a brand that already has really good standings and you know you know 30 40 100 good reviews and then it just takes that lag time off the front and then we can come in we can build out the marketing plan the products individually and we just get a faster ROI that way Um, obviously it's a little bit more expensive to buy the business but it's where our skill set lies rather
1: than the product development and product research side of things. Are you looking at only private label businesses or would you consider, you know, retail arbitrage, online arbitrage and wholesale?
0: Yeah, it's just private label um, mainly because we just want to build the brands out. So we also write the websites and everything as well. It's um, just trying to build a proper brand instead of individual products, I guess is the main thing. Um, tough thing to do but it's I, I think that's where the long-term value is Amazon is quite saturated nowadays so
1: if you can sort of build out a brand it does really help. Nice and Tom since you were doing SEO before before Amazon like um, Google and stuff is that very different?
0: Yes yeah, so, I mean Amazon and Google are pretty different at the moment um, We've done a few posts for a few different people recently, and we've talked about how Amazon's algorithm looks a little bit like Google's from like 2010. So, I mean, the way they're going, I think there's gonna be a lot of updates around quality metrics. So, removing things that seem like, you know, obviously reviews are not a lot harder now. We're seeing stick rate of reviews go down massively, and we're seeing, you know, fake reviews kind of Get out of the marketplace a little bit more, or it's just becoming a lot harder. Um, so I think that will continue. But obviously, Google is on-page and links, and Amazon is on-page and sales. But in both, that that second metric or that second dis- decisive factor of links or sales is just far greater. So in Amazon, if you obviously if you don't generate sales, you're not going to rank. But how those sales are generated is not—they're not all created equal—is what we kind of say. So if they come through from PPC or they come through from external traffic or they come through from organic search via a specific keyword, they all have different weights in what will move your organic rankings. Um, And that's just from testing. That's what we found that some, essentially, if you generate 100 sales from one medium and 100 sales from another, you won't
1: have the same ranking improvement for both. Does that make sense? It does, yeah. It does Since and I didn't think of it that way. So, if I'm paying, I'm on my PPC campaigns and I'm paying for Bluetooth speaker, it doesn't have the same weight as if somebody did actually organic type in and bought that product? 100%, yeah. Okay. Which uh, one then, uh, is? Uh, organic is stronger? Yeah, generally speaking. Yeah.
0: So, there's something... We call the keyword-focused sale. That's what we sort of coined it as. Um, that's when someone searches your primary keyword, they find your product, and they search. Uh, so an organic search completion. If you get a lot of those, then obviously within an algorithm, that's going to be flagged as this product is relevant for this term. It's just kind of obvious when you think about it. But that's that's why that ranking improvement happens a lot more than say, if you were to drive external traffic straight to a URL. Um, or even PPC. PPC does have specific terminology as well. So if it does purchase through Bluetooth speaker, you are going to get an increase in rankings for that term, but it's not going to be as drastic as if it was an organic sale.
1: Nice. So when I send external traffic, for example, to my to my super URL or the storefront URL when we're doing these giveaways, uh, does that rank as organic still helps but it's not as
0: it's not as effective so what we talk about is the roi like you know back in the day three four years ago you could just else to anything and you'd rank Um, but now it's getting a lot more difficult and although discounted sales still rank in my opinion it's not for the amount you have to spend through you know the services if you use viral launch or any of the other ones it and obviously you lose the the unit cost itself, it's just not worth it anymore. You're going to be essentially spending a couple of grand or three, four K to rank, you know, not that great. So we kind of recommend going for full price sales where possible. And if you can just drive a bunch of organic traffic through a keyword, Um, if you can, not so if you don't have the facility to, then I would say external traffic, but then try and get those super URLs in as well, because that does have a little bit more than just driving it to a product page.
1: Nice. There was something I always wanted to know. The impact of the keyword itself, the way it's written. For example, let's say wireless Bluetooth speaker versus Bluetooth speaker wireless. Yeah. But the way the client typed it, does that have any weight on the way I have it on, say, my title? Yeah, so 100% has
0: weight for keyword-focused sales. So if you did a split test and you said, okay, um, Wireless Bluetooth speaker or Bluetooth speaker wireless, and you ran just one, mm-hmm. then the other one would increase slightly, but this one would increase massively. So you would you would see that you've noticed that. Um, in terms of in the title, what we found is is obviously it's one of the largest on-page factors, especially now that search terms have changed. I I really don't like the new search term build out, but mm-hmm. whatever. Um, that as well, if you have your exact match keyword in a title, in a phrase match, so essentially the three terms in the order that you want them, that's going to have a little bit more weight than if you have them just in the title. But it's not it's not as massive as a keyword focus sale.
1: Yeah. You know how Amazon always tells us that you don't need to put commas uh, when you're putting keywords in your back end. Did you ever try to do any testing with or without commas to see if that would make a difference?
0: Yeah, it's, it's really,
1: actually, just
0: because Amazon don't, especially nowadays when you have such a short amount of terms you can put in, mm-hmm. it's, we tried to test it, but we wouldn't have the, the update go live at the right time to track it. So it's not something we'd be able to sort of split test, yes or no. So honestly, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to tell you.
1: Yeah, gotcha. It's probably irrelevant to what the results would be anyway.
0: Yeah, hopefully it would be negligible, but it's nice to know sometimes.
1: Cool, so as for the Amazon rankings, everybody wants to rank in the first page and there's only a few that, that can make it, obviously. There's only a few positions in each page. So what's the secret?
0: <laughs> um, the secret is, so what, what we tell our clients is if you if you have a six month marketing budget and you say you have you know, let's say you're a, a startup company and you have a grand a month to spend for six months. Spend it all in two weeks. Because what you can do is you can drive all that external traffic. You can spike your sales velocity. Um, we'll call it bestseller rank, even though that's not officially a ranking factor, but it's just easier to talk about like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can spike your bestseller rank. And if all this, and then turn your PPC up for that two week period or one week period if you're ambitious and then the sales velocity that you'll generate will be enough to rank on page one. So if you spend 6K on Facebook and AdWords, for example, in a 14-day period, and you get up to 10, 20 sales a day, instead of spending a grand a month and getting up to maybe two a day, that's gonna be enough to push you to page one, especially if you're using things like super URLs and things like that. Another thing, obviously make sure all your on-page and your keyword research is done. That's just a, a given. Um, and then finally, if you have a, a, a network, I guess, or just friends and family, even though Amazon sort of hates that, um, if you can get them to search a specific keyword and buy your product, that's gonna have massive amounts of movement as well. But the main thing I would say is just do everything in a short period
1: of time. So, uh, external traffic. If I do okay. campaigns, let's say Facebook campaigns with external traffic, where should I send my traffic to? Should I send it directly to, let's say, amazon.com forward slash my or to my storefront with my best keyword attached? Yeah, so I mean,
0: I, I like that, but it doesn't convert as well. So that's the kind of conversation that you have with you know, your marketing team or yourself, essentially. You, if you do that, it's not going to convert as well, but you get a bit more sort of ranking benefit. So, if you have that keyword in there in a super URL or a storefront setup, then it is going to help a little bit, a little bit more than just a shared URL style keyword completion. Um, but then we obviously get into the point that if you send call traffic from Facebook directly to an Amazon page, that doesn't convert all that well. Mm-hmm. So, that's something to remember as well. I think it really <clears throat> just does depend on what product you're selling, what price point, and how you're targeting. So if it's cold traffic, I would probably send it through some sort of funnel, um, some sort of offer or something like that. Yeah, we don't do a massive amount of that, but you know, there's a lot of softwares that help lead pages and click funnels and everything like that is really good. Um, Mm -hmm. But honestly, if
1: (laughs) nice, yeah, funnel hacker.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, click funnels definitely then, Um, and yeah, like that stuff works really well, but. Again, we kind of try and stay to our speciality of, of organic rankings only. If we try to branch out into, you know, we build an Amazon business, then it gets very, very difficult very quickly. Um, so we say to clients, look, like, drive as much outside traffic as you can because, you, you know, you have to generate reviews and sales at the end of the day regardless of rankings. Um, but, you know, be aware that cold tra- traffic is very rarely going to get a positive ROI on the front end. If you can, amazing. Um, but most of the time,
1: we're we're not good enough to So, so Tom, I think it was I don't know was at the end of two thousand sixteen or seventeen when we had access to the enhanced brand content. I think it was seventeen, and until then, we had the two thousand character description we could put. Mm-hmm. We still can. Yeah, And I remember at least at the beginning when that happened, my keywords that went into the enhanced brand content page were not getting indexed at least as Mm -hmm. as quick as the other ones. Interesting. What what do you find today? The 2,000 character description or EBC? We haven't found a massive
0: amount of difference between both, to be honest. Um, EBC does obviously help from a UX and conversions point of view. But it really does depend on what you're selling. Because a lot of the time, if your price point is below, say, 30 pounds, 30 dollars, people aren't really gonna read the enhanced brand content all that much. They're gonna look at reviews, they're gonna look at title and price, images, and make a decision. So like, I can't remember the stat, but it's like 85% of people just look at three metrics, which is price, images, and something else as well, uh, reviews, um, and that's it, and then they make their buying decision so what i'd say is we still like enhanced brand content over the normal description just because the description looks she um but we haven't split tested both to be honest so i wouldn't want to give you an answer
1: okay now i i I bet now the rank is probably the same but yeah at the beginning evc i would i would test with one word that nobody else in the world would use, you know, something weird, and I would put it in there. And then at the time, you could do a search by, let's say, number sign, ASIN, and whatever keyword, right, instead of using software. And it wouldn't show up. While well, mm-hmm. if it was in the description, it would. But today, I haven't, I haven't tested that in a long time. That, that may be, I don't know this for sure, but that
0: may be Amazon's lag time in terms of indexing things. So the same thing with Google, if you build a website that doesn't have a lot of authority, then it's going to take a long, long time to get indexed, you know, mm-hmm. potentially weeks. Um, if you have a little bit more authority, then your site gets crawled and updated a lot more regularly. Um, and if you have a ton of authority, it's multiple times a day, but that may be it. So if the the change you made on, say, day one would have been re-indexed on day five, potentially, um, because Amazon's algorithm only seems to change every three days in terms of rankings. So if you were, if you generated, you know, a thousand keyword keyword-focused sales on one day, it would likely take a few days to kick in. Um, and we've also seen that doing it on one day doesn't have that massive amount of impact either. So you kind of have to spread it around. So that's just another thing to remember as well.
1: As for uh, link building, you know. Uh, And you do know Google (laughs) loves link building or at least used to love it a lot more. But do you think that's something that's coming to Amazon? And will it work? In terms of a ranking factor. Yeah, I mean from external link building on, you know, from blogs and like Google link building directed to your Amazon listing. Okay,
0: I get you. So that does still rank the amazon page in google itself Mm -hmm. so because obviously you're still ranking in google it's still links it's going to rank um in terms of ranking inside amazon that's a good question actually i'm not i'm not sure it may make sense but i think they're going to go down the quality metrics and improved content route first so if your listing looks like crap and you know your images are rubbish and your title doesn't really make sense. I think that those are the ones that's going to get punished. And the reason why is for like the Chinese sellers. I think Amazon is going to try and get away from away from quantity because they have so much quantity coming in now. Yeah. They don't they don't struggle for demand. So they, if they can improve quality, then they're going to have a lot higher stick metrics. So they're going to have people who potentially only use Amazon you know, maybe once a month to buy something.
1: Mm-hmm. If
0: they're seeing a lot of crappy products when they're looking for something very specific, then they're going to be like, oh, well, it's not here. Whereas if you have fewer products, but they're a lot more sort of quality focused, that, that tends to be better. Um, but again, it's Amazon. So who
1: knows? They'll probably just buy someone. Exactly. So, you know, up until a certain point or maybe still until now, Doing e-commerce outside of Amazon, we could get copywriter to write our titles, and just because it would be, we get better conversions if they were written professionally. While on Amazon, the number one priority, at least for for a lot of people that I know, was being found. Mm-hmm. So the title didn't always make sense; it had all the keywords in there. Sometimes, just you know. Uh, with no comma separation nothing just keywords in there so you you're saying now they're gonna look at it as does this title make sense and, and that will be a help I guess for the one that does make sense is that it Yeah, so
0: an interesting thing we spoke to a Amazon or somebody who used to work at Amazon's department about six months ago and they used a few examples that kind of go against the trend So it was, it was essentially, I think the keyword was like, um, ladies bikes or something high volume Mm -hmm. and you'd look at the title and it would be brand name, ladies bikes and nothing else. And you'd think, well, that hasn't been optimized properly, but they rank first for absolutely everything. So then you have to take it with a grain of salt. And this is why I think on pages is super important, but from an 80, 20 of marketing, it's probably only 10% of the algorithm. Mm. So you're better off, obviously do both, but you're better off spending money generating sales velocity, because then you're gonna rank for everything across the board. So if you generate keyword focused sales for something that isn't in your title, you're still gonna rank, now you're not gonna rank as well, but you are still gonna rank. And that's why you see some of these sellers that have been around for years and probably have never heard of softwares or keyword research or whatever, Mm. Um, but they still do, you know, 100k a month or 200k a month, just from a couple of products, because they got on early. They have a good product, and just because the listing kind of is a bit rubbish, it doesn't actually make too much of a difference, because the sales velocity is so high. And we've seen this multiple times. We've had clients come through and they're doing 150k a month, and they're like, you know, I, I don't really, I didn't write my title. I got a VA to do it. And then you're just like, what? But it, it it works. So you know, it's not one of those things that you can say they're doing badly because they're doing really high volumes in a lot of cases.
1: Exactly. Uh, I think it's maybe due to the conversion per keyword, meaning if they're converting when somebody searches the Bluetooth speaker, they're converting and they've been converting for many years. I guess that makes that relevant to the listing so they stay indexed. That's just my assumption, right? yeah that
0: makes sense and the only thing is there's so it's very difficult to split test an individual variable with amazon Mm -hmm. because there's so much there's so much else going on if we want to split test just say external traffic we can't because we're still going to generate organic sales um and although we can kind of make recommendations there's never a black and white yes this definitely works and yes it doesn't work it's always on some sort of spectrum um, which makes it really difficult, and it makes a lot of claims that people say just straight up wrong as well. Um, they're not they're probably not trying to be you know like naive, but when when you see that like people are still doing like one hundred percent discounted products directly to like a product URL, it's like, well, you need to track this stuff. You need to have like some sort of keyword tracking software on and just see like, yeah, we might be wrong, but from our split tests, we're not. So, just save yourself some money and like test everything you can do, or at least track it. if you're not going to test it, track it.
1: Yeah, no that's something I meant to ask you in uh, what is something that you see people doing wrong, and we'll get to in a bit, but that is actually something that I often see people that do something because they believe it's working, but they have no statistics to measure mm-hmm. if it actually is. it's just I believe it's working. And that's, that's one of the things that it it kind of makes me sad, but what is something that you see people doing wrong often and you hear it in other podcasts, people doing this and I'm like, well, that's not right. But what is it? What's it to you? Um, There's a couple
0: of things. One that kind of is an interesting one is inventory. People are still running out of inventory. I don't think they understand how much that hurts you um so even brands that we've been looking at for acquisitions they they would have massive peaks and troughs and even go in loss for a couple of months and you know you'd ask what what was going on here and they just say oh we ran out of inventory as if it was a like a casual thing um but doing that just really hurts you because obviously your sales volume goes to zero
1: mm-hmm.
0: so and you have to stop everything you have to stop ppc so even your fixed costs are going to hurt you as well so i'd just say one of the things is If you're doing larger volumes and say you order in from China, so you have like maybe a 60, 90 day lag time or order time, just get a third party warehouse and just have some stock sitting in there so you don't run out of inventory. And yeah, from a cash flow point of view, it's going to be a little bit more heavy. Um, So that's why we only recommend it for larger sellers generally. But if you have an order in processing or in manufacturing on sea and in a warehouse and in Amazon, and you've got four batches. So you're very unlikely to run out of stock. Um, obviously for starting capital reasons, you can't do that um, for a lot of cases. But once you get past that point, that would be kind of the main one. Because inventory management software is great, but if you spike sales, they become you know meaningless very quickly. If you go from one sale a day to 50 sales a day, then suddenly you haven't got 200 days, you have four. So, you know, That's just one that we see quite a bit as well.
1: I love that one because it (laughs) happens so often. And one of the ones that I used to see mentioned in many podcasts, I don't know who came up with this idea, but like yeah, it must have been some guru a few years ago, that for you not to run out of stock, if you're about to run out of stock, double or triple your price so people (laughs) stop buying it. And Mm -hmm. That will, it's going to decrease your conversion. It's going to decrease your sales velocity anyway. Yeah. Do you you find any benefit in doing that? I mean, I suppose it makes sense to increase it
0: slightly, but you don't, what I always say is you don't don't know where that price, demand, and supply line is anyway. If you Mm -hmm. did, then yeah, it'd be great. You know, we could just slowly increase up the supply and demand line. That's perfect economy, but we don't know that. And a lot of the time, if you bought something for, say, $15, 15 pounds, and it was okay, it was good, you'd be like, okay, fine, I'm not gonna leave a review, but I'm not, I'm not bothered, I'll use it a few times. If you bought something for 25, 30, and it wasn't so good, you might leave a negative review, and you might be like, oh, well, this is not worth, You know, how many times have you seen it's broken or it wasn't worth the price as an, an Amazon one or two star review? And what's, that's going to hurt you so much more in the long term because you try and remove those negative reviews, it's an absolute nightmare. It's, it's nigh on impossible and you can do it, but it's really time consuming and expensive. So it's not something that we recommend.
1: Yes, absolutely. I had, I had the perfect example. I had a product that I was selling for a while and the sales were um, getting higher and higher. And I figured if sales are growing this much, maybe I can increase the price. And when they got, and reviews are very hard to get, everybody knows that, very hard to get. And I have a nice follow-up sequence with email that like at first I don't ask for anything, you know, just offer them some how to use this and stuff. And then if they reply, I ask for a review. And I was getting, very very few like between three six percent would leave a review after i increased the price point and they go past the thirty dollar mark i started getting three reviews uh three star reviews more often not one or five but it was three because it was like the product may not be worth this much yeah yeah so it started they started coming in organically and yeah that, that makes sense yeah perfect so uh tell me uh tom what do you think about fba now in the future 2019 2020 are we here to stay or are we still going strong or what yeah 100 um we actually do the exact opposite of what everyone says um
0: so we we look to obviously like i said we look to do acquisitions more than start from scratch only because it's so like you said it's so difficult to get those reviews to start and it's so difficult to build a product that you know there's all these softwares that help you find you know less competitive high profit products Um, but they're becoming far and few between so what we tend to do instead is look at things that are more awkward so i guess with that is you know, everybody used to preach about between 10 and $50, make sure it's lightweight, small. Kind of go the complete opposite of that. Um, mainly just because once, if you have a look at the listings of the things that are above, say, $200 or above, say, 10 kilograms in weight, what you can find is a lot of sellers that are just business owners. So they don't really, they, you know, they don't have time to research Amazon optimization. They, they don't really understand sales velocity. They just put the product there. If they make a few sales for Amazon, great. If they don't, they still sell it from their furniture store or their mirror shop or something. Um, but when you say to someone, oh, yeah, we ordered a thousand mirrors from China, they look at you like you're mental. Like they're going to smash when you ship them over and then you're going to lose like, you know, whatever, 10K v um, which is always a possibility, but the the amount of saturation and competition is a lot lower um, and that's something that we just see I mean about 40 fifty percent of the leads we get through from the site are in the supplement industry and that's that's like you know, forty 50 leads a month and that just shows me that that is getting silly saturated now and it's so
1: competitive um, that we wouldn't we wouldn't go into that. It's absolutely super competitive. I have, um, I have a couple clients that are in the supplement niche, and it's uh, absolutely crazy. But I do love something you said there, and I apply that same rule. It's uh, going out of that shoebox size and stuff. And, you know, when sourcing products, there's, uh, I have a scale where I, I give points to the product and if it's oversized it will gain extra points instead of losing yeah so if, cool. it, if it goes outside of what norm everybody else is doing I give it an extra point and while everybody else deducts points so I, I tend to source products that are different than other people as well That's very yeah good.
0: I think the main thing is just building a brand nowadays so like you can't some of the it really frustrates me because some of the leads we, we still get in, um, they'll have a brand new product that is exactly the same as a competitor. But their competitor will have a lower price point and way more reviews. And it's like we, we can't perform miracles. Like, you know, nobody, no consumer will look at something that has less social proof at a higher price point and be like, yeah, I'm going to buy that. And um, This is when it's the exact same product, um, not even, you know, slight differentiations. Yeah. So. That's sort of the one. The other one is we work with a few brands that have a really nice model in terms of their branding is very clean and they targeting the premium market. That's something that I think is going to expand on Amazon. So a lot of a lot of the products on Amazon, it's obviously quite a price orientated market. So most people are you know basically fighting price wars, but there are a few that are doing the premium model very well. So you know you'll have a supplement that is four times the price of the same one or the same amount. But because of the branding and their target audience, they've done it really, really well. Um, and it's just, we've seen them grow from zero to basically 35K a month now. And it's one of the reasons is their branding is just really, really strong. Um, so yeah, that, that I think is gonna open up as well. So people are gonna be less like, okay, I'm gonna go to Amazon and make a buyer decision in 20 seconds. And more look for something a little bit more.
1: Um, yeah, that's what I think might happen. And when you're working on your branding uh, outside of Amazon, uh, which yes. is, I, I believe, very important as well, until you get a strong position on Amazon, I normally recommend people redirecting their traffic to Amazon because you're going to make more profit on your site. But until you gain that sales velocity on Amazon, everything you can get and send to Amazon is going to be beneficial to you. Uh, what do you think about that? Yeah, I agree pretty much.
0: Um, if you have the budget, I'd say do both. If you don't, then focus on Amazon just because there is going to be a point. I, I don't think it's in the next few years. A lot of people are talking about how every opportunity is going to be filled within a couple of years. I don't I don't think we're there yet, but I do think in sort of five, six years, the whole I'm going to start an FBA business isn't going to be a thing. Mm-hmm. So. You know, it's been going on for quite a few years now and a lot of other people have tried it, failed, and then they've gone on to Shopify dropshipping or whatever the next shiny object was. Mm, yes. But I, I think it just all comes down to building a brand again because Amazon gives you a platform, but that's, that's all it is. So you still need good products and then you need to do everything right. Um, but once you've done everything right, if you have good products, then you're there to stay rather than having to always fight on prices or, you know, give away a thousand units a month or anything like that. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's what I would probably say, build the brand first and then, you know, have a product that has some USPs and then go into, okay, you know, how are we gonna expand this off of Amazon? Um, we, We just do organic marketing, which takes a lot longer on Google at the same time. So that's how we approach it. We say, okay, we'll get a
1: faster ROI on Amazon and then reinvest that into the site. Exactly, exactly. So before I let you go, Tom, what is one tool that you use that you cannot live without? <laughs> um, there's a
0: few, but I think the one uh, has to be Ahrefs. Give them a shout because they're amazing from a link building point of view. Yes. That's what we used on a like hourly basis in-house. In terms of Amazon, I'm still a real fan of Helium 10. Um, I really like their stuff. And we do a lot of work with um, Feedback Whiz as well, so they're they're pretty sharp. Um, and then just get yourself a keyword tracker as well, something because you need to know what's going on. Um, and yeah, that that's probably my three instead of one.
1: <laughs> no, that's great and uh, it's fantastic because I do use all three. Elian Pen is uh, many Coates' uh, software, and then you said Feedback Whiz. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's the one I use as well. I also have Feedback Genius, uh, just because I already had it since uh, 2015, but I continue to use it. And Ahrefs is something that Neil Patel absolutely loves. He he mentions it in every every time, every one of his podcasts, and I use that as well. Yeah. Cool.
0: They they're a big player. If you there's, there's not something on the market that is an Ahrefs for Amazon yet. Like there's there's nothing even close. But from an organic SEO point of view, that that's the only thing you need nowadays. Um, that that's kind of a, a not a gap in the market, but there's you see there's hundreds of these Amazon SaaS companies. Um, I don't think there's one anywhere near that yet. But that is a model that you know we we're trying to build. But you know we don't have the development capacity really i think if somebody could build that that would be sort of a go into a market leader position with something like that Mm -hmm. there's lots of softwares around finding new products but there's not around you know reverse engineering how competitors ranked whereas that would be very very viable
1: yes that's and it's so hard though that amazon they keep most of the information that they can to themselves, right? So yeah. they, they don't freely give us all the information, in, which makes it hard. But at the same time, it, uh, when things are that hard, it makes it, you know, <laughs> you want it yeah. more. <laughs>
0: yeah, for sure. I mean, Google doesn't either. So there, there are ways, but I think Amazon recently blocked the API or however people used to get keyword search volumes as well. Mm-hmm. I read somewhere about that, so that's a bit frustrating.
1: Yes. Right now, the closest to the reality of the keyword search volume was even in intent from, mm. from what I hear. And even that is not 100% real, right? Yeah. Cool. Tom, tell people where they can find you. Sure. So, I mean,
0: the only social media I use is Twitter, really. That's just Tom Buckland SEO. And then websites. You can get us at HQSEO.co.uk and AmazonSEOConsultant.com.
1: Perfect. I'll have those on the show on show notes. And Tom, I want to thank you very much for for being here. This this has been gold, and we may have to do this again someday. Yeah. No problem. No problem. Awesome. Thank you very much. Cheers. Thanks.